Now for part two with Takoa Hash on documenting dreams. What is the hardest decision that you ever had to make and who did it affect the most? Well, the hardest decision I ever had to make was, well, moving to Atlanta. That was the hardest. That was probably the first time I really well, not the first, but like when when I think about this word obedience, like when I when I started technique, I don't really think about obedience. I really wanted this thing, and I was just, like, <laughs> I I'm about to do it. <laughs> I was just, you know, but but moving to Atlanta was hard. Um, I built my adult foundation in New York, and I never imagined living anywhere else. And I maybe because Atlanta was so familiar to me because I'm from the South that I just didn't want to be that. Like, I, you know, New York was the Mecca. It was the Mecca, it was the Mecca. So I was very comfortable in my life um, in New York. Um, and and I didn't have a desire to move at all. Um, and so that was definitely the hardest decision I ever made. Like I built a family there, like the best friends that I could ever ask for. Like, and I, and I make this comparison, um, you know, New York, I could tell my wealthy friends, I don't have money to go out to dinner with y'all. Like, you know, you invite me to, I don't, I don't have it today. Mm-hmm. Whether they decided to pay for me or not, I didn't feel less than, I didn't feel ostracized by that. I, I still felt good enough or enough, you know? Here, I feel like you tell somebody you ain't got money to go out to eat. Here, they is not messing with you. No money. Like, All right, then we'll see you. Okay. On the next lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's a perception, right? So now mm-hmm. when I move here, this, I lived here 10 years ago when we came, 11 maybe now, to start loving hip hop. And I didn't feel any, you know, I didn't have authentic relationships here. I was working too hard and surrounded by a new infamous show. So it was hard to find uh, genuine people. One, because I was busy. Two, because I really didn't know who I was and how to even look for those type of relationships. Uh, because I didn't really have to look for those relationships in New York. They just organically happened. And so when I think about Atlanta at this stage in my life, um, I, I, God said to me, you got to let down your guard. You cannot go back to Atlanta with all these preconceived notions about what the city is, who the people are, who's scamming, who's lying, who's not, and just make sure you stay prayed up and ask for a spirit of discernment every day so that you know that you are walking into the right situations. And, and when I let my guard down to do that, it's really helped me uh, cultivate, I don't want to say necessarily friendships, but but uh, camaraderie amongst people that I interact with. Um, so yeah, this was, I, I didn't unpack my, when I left Atlanta, I like, I was depressed for like three months. I think I cried every day. Um, you know, to make it in New York is, is a big deal, right? And although I had the support of my parents, I knew that a lot of people around me were like, waiting for me to get pregnant, waiting for me to get on drugs, thinking, you know, all these, waiting for me to get killed or whatever that you think about happens in New York. Yeah. You just, you know, and, and that was not my life there. And so, um, you know, moving to Atlanta, um, it was hard. I didn't unpack. I lived out of one suitcase for a year because I was still not accepting this choice that I had made. 
Uh, I didn't commit to an apartment for six months. Like I literally left my stuff packed up and lived in a, on an air mattress and out of one suitcase for a year before I'm like, okay, I'm really here because I just was like, okay, if it don't work out, I'm just gonna go back to New York. And thank God I didn't. It's like, like God has blown my mind by me being obedient. And, and the first couple of years were not great. I, you know, it didn't, um, our business didn't immediately take off in, in this city, uh, but it, it's proven to be, so beautiful for me and I would not want to live anywhere else at this stage in my life that's awesome I threaten going home often (laughs) and we've been here our oldest is 14 it'll be 15 years in July and people say I actually told somebody yesterday in fact I said you know I've been here for almost 15 years I'm from North Carolina I said if anybody ever told you I was from Atlanta I will tell you they are a lot okay I absolutely love home but I will say you know you move places and things start happening and for for myself and my husband we needed to move here to grow up. Yeah. We were grown until we moved here. And so I cannot take away from what Atlanta has done for me as a person, for my marriage, and for my family. So I'm still not from here. But I I can totally relate to, you know, what moving, but moving here can do for a person, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Finish these statements. I am... Courageous. My favorite song is Never As Good As The First Time by Sade. My why is Mm. My why is purpose. Is that not enough for you? People think I am, but I really, but I am really. People think I'm an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay, why did you say oh my gosh? Because that has been probably the most predictable statement. <laughs> when I ask people that, they say that. And I I think about that so often because I'm so extroverted that I did not realize how many introverted people that have been in my life almost all my life. And sometimes it made me wonder, like, is I taking up too much space? And and that is, I've talked to my friends who are in that space. And what I realized is those people that continue to be in that space with me were willing to grow alongside me and just accepted me for who I was. And there was a compliment there that we didn't even know was happening until probably we got older and we started talking about it. It was like, no, we we had a good time kicking it. You know, I enjoyed you, you encouraged, you know, all those things. And it's just because I think honestly, if we're being completely honest and real, the pandemic brought out so many different things. And one of the things I paid attention to or I feel like kept coming to my presence was this introvert conversation. I was going to say, I think people have been more comfortable saying it since they've been able to sit alone and realize that yes. 
Yeah. And also the, the um, continuum of introverts, right? Because you have some people who are introverted to the degree where it seems off-putting sometimes. And then you have some people who are introverted where I'm so comfortable in my skin. I can, I can be with people, right? But when it's my time to be by myself, I'm going to be by myself. And I'm okay. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think if you don't understand it or you haven't taken the time to... Honestly, I took the time to talk to those friends that were more introverted to understand. And what I came to understand is what it what it feels like for an introverted person to be around just people, not necessarily an extroverted person, but just people. And when I came to understand that, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, and usually some similarities in that story is maybe a big family, um, maybe an only child. Or there are times when you find yourself being in scenarios where there are people, there are, there are more people that are doing all the things that's not necessary for you to be the person in the front. Um, and so just getting that understanding, I'm like, okay, I get it now. I was able to have a very honest conversation with somebody who was in a space where they were so introverted, it felt like they were being me, right? Um, and then it's I was- a mechanism. What'd you say? The defense mechanism. Yes. Well, see, I, I didn't have context. I was just, and I'm the type of person where I would just, if it felt like I was not supposed to be in your presence, then I would remove myself. And, but I would remove myself to a level of where I felt uncomfortable, guilty, you know. Um, I felt like I was forcing myself to be introverted because maybe I was doing too much, you know, but it goes back to what we were talking about, like stirring up that gift and um, also being obedient. No, like if you feel like this is where God positioned you, then no one else can help dictate, you know what I mean, how you should be in this space. Um, does that make sense? It does, and I'm, I, I am reflecting because, because I don't meet a stranger and I am so like, whatever I feel I'm saying out loud right <laughs> you know so it's hard for people to accept that I feel like I'm an introvert and that may my introvertedness is part because of being hurt from people and being guarded right like I said that's their defense mechanism the other part of it is understanding my zodiac sign and realizing that even if I'm having the best time of my life, being around a lot of energy depletes me. And so I choose not oftentimes to say yes to going outside or to being around groups for a long period of time because I know how it makes me feel. Even if I'm having a ball and standing on the bar or yeah. the table, how it makes me feel when I leave all of that amazing energy, I feel depleted. So I probably need to, to, to dive a little deeper personally to figure out what that, but again, I'm a Pisces. So it's like introvert, extrovert, like I'm either all this or I'm all this way. Um, I wasn't born an introvert. I've always been very outgoing. Like who joins the cheerleading team if they're, who, who runs for school vice president if they're introvert? <laughs> you know, I did all of those things. I mean, you know, I've, I've never been afraid, but I also grew up in church where the spotlight was always on me. And so, or or the family, right? Not just yeah. me, but the family. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and it, and it comes with a lot. So um, 
I may have chosen to be an introvert to protect my energy. And it just because I, I get depleted. Even if it's good energy, it's not about me being around negative energy or bad yeah. energy. I like energy. When I share energies with people, it I get tired. Yeah. And so I might have chosen to be an introvert for, for those two reasons. One, to protect myself from people, from hurt situations. And, and, and two, because I realize how it physically makes me feel when I'm around people, you know? Um, like growing up in the church, it always felt like, even if this wasn't the reality, it always felt like all eyes were on, on us. And, you know, although my mom allowed me to be myself, I was expected from my parents and my aunts and uncles and uh, grandparents to show up confidently and gracefully. So I can do that even if I feel like shit on the inside. I know <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Right. right? I, I know how to quiet the noise in my head to seemingly show up like I've arrived, no matter what I'm feeling in the inside. Um, and, and I guess that's just a survival mechanism. Um, and I think it served me well, but I, I do want to be transparent about like, that's not how we, always how it feels on the inside, just because that's how I show up on the outside. Yeah. Um, and so my introvertedness is to say like, I like quiet time. Like <laughs> yeah. Jojo can be in the house all day long yeah. and I talk to each other and it still feels like we're connected. Yeah. Like we don't always have to have conversation, you know? Um, and so um, I can be the life of the party. I'm probably going to be the loudest. I'm going to dance first with my two left feet. I'm going to do all that, you know, yeah. just because I, I, I really don't take stock into what people think about me too much, you know? Like, I don't, I don't internalize it too much. I'm not saying I don't get my feelings hurt because I'm super sensitive, but I don't internalize it. I don't mind being goofy and following in front of somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was just in Minnesota last week with a whole crew of people I'd never met before and fell in the snow, like, ugly, fell in the snow. <laughs> but I was laughing at myself so hard. It was just like, okay, you good. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, can we laugh? Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> somebody would have taped it. It was like, it was, it was funny. But, yeah. um, and, and so maybe I need to sit with that more. Me saying, I'm, you know, people really think I'm an extrovert, but I'm an introvert. And maybe, you know, maybe I need to spend more time with myself to figure out what that is. But I love being at home. And, you know, um, you really helped me step out of my shell. Um, one, I hold you in such high regard um, and who you are and who, who your husband is in my life. I never want to disappoint y'all. And if y'all say show up somewhere, I'm showing up, okay? So, you know, you really helped me come out of that. And, you know, I, I, um, I have big dreams and I have big ambitions. And, you know, I, I, my business is surviving today because of the leg work I did in New York for 15 years. I was there for 20, but those first, the last five, I was an introvert, 100%. But the first 15, I was out. I was talking to people. I did what I had to do because I'm like, I'm here for this person, purpose. I need people to know who I am, right? And and the um, environment she put me in, the platforms that you um, you've garnered for me has helped me um, shed some of that skin of being an introvert and I heard God say to me and we probably talked about this on our sister calls 
And I was sitting on my porch that I love so much. And it's like, you can maintain your life in the house, but you can't grow your life in the house. And I got goals. And I'm like, yes, it's been almost seven years, but this is a new city for me. I'm not the Tacoa from New York. I'm Tacoa in a city. And you know, and I have to get to know people here too to make some of the things that God has placed on my heart happen. And I'm I'm actually excited to do so. Yeah, you were preparing yourself for the I think so. I think it was yeah. a necessary time. You know, it was self-reflection. Like, you know, those five years I was in the house, a lot of it came from um, embarrassment and shame from feeling like a business failure, right? And, and believing uh, the noise in the room about who I am as a person and who I am as a business person. And I internalized a lot of that. You know why I internalized a lot of that? Because I was so busy pouring into other people and being this face of a thing that I didn't know who I was. Like now when the same things happened that tore me down and, you know, had me feeling depressed and in the bed and in the house and hiding. Yes, I was working on the business in the house. I wasn't telling nobody though. (laughs) Nobody like, we gonna fix this business. Your husband was helping us fix the business. But now when those same things happen because of that experience, I could take it, I could brush my shoulders off so much easier, you know, because I know more of who I am. And I, and I have this statement that really freed me as well in terms of, you know, people are going to always disappoint us, right? I can't please everybody. But I held myself hostage in a house for five years. And I say, I will no longer be held hostage by someone else's perception of me. If I'm wrong, God, cleanse my heart, fix my heart, help me to see it so I can learn and grow from it and, and, and correct it with said person or said client or said situation but I know that he made me in his image and even when I fail and make human mistakes and may even hurt someone uh, that I'm still worthy and good enough and so there's no more you know hiding from that I'm I'm, I'm gonna pick myself up I'm gonna acknowledge I'm gonna be transparent and I'm gonna move on You have done what we call what we call it in the church addiction. <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to sit. You know, I, I love the questions. Um, I, I want to reevaluate my my introvert extrovert answer. I well, want to be clear. That was not my intention. That's not what I was saying. No, this is a self thing. It's okay. not for you. Gotcha. It's like, what is that? Uh, my childhood. You know, my mom said. Now, everybody in my family says I didn't have words until I was almost five years old. Mm. So, I mean, I'm sure I was thinking, but I wouldn't speak. I wasn't a communicator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, and then very soon after that, traumatic things happened in, in our family and I grew up real fast. You know, um, I grew up real fast, but, you know, and I was fast, but, (laughs) but, uh, my, you know, with, with some of the things that went on with my siblings being so much older than me, 20 years older than me, 10 years, 19 years older than me. And then me coming along, um, I think my parents knew that when it came to, uh, schoolwork, 
being self-motivated, I hated getting in trouble. Like, you know, they said I was a bad little girl, but I really hated getting in trouble. So I kind of always did the right thing. So I didn't need a lot of parenting yeah. while they were figuring out their lives. I'm not saying I didn't need it, but I survived without a lot of, I did what I was told to do. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. did, you know. Um, and that's probably came from people pleasing too, you know. And oh, I, guilty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I didn't have a lot of a childhood. Um, and so when I think about childhood memories, you know, Creekway is what I think about. It's not a, a particular day. It was literally 365 days of the year. Somebody's house was lit. <laughs> And they was probably playing 365 days of the year. <laughs> Everybody was playing Anita Baker. Okay? Right? Oh, them times. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's why I'm starting to, you know, talk to my child self. You know, I, I hear that from, um, you know, leaders or spiritual yeah. leaders that I talk to, like really talking to your child self, my therapist, you know, and, and seeing who she, she was, you know, literally. I feel like if I could see a flash, it was you were mute for years and then you were just, you just took off like a rocket. You know, that that's kind of, it was like this and like this. Yeah, all the things you were thinking over those years started. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Cohesh. I don't know why I like saying your whole name together. Cohesh. Yes. I am so grateful for you, my sister. You are a blessing. I, really, it's, I, I have a loss for words. That, that's how grateful I am. I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, you and my husband met however many years ago in high school, Creekway, wherever it was. And, you know, I think about he and I and God doesn't make mistakes. You know, he, I was, if I can be fully transparent on this podcast, <laughs> I was feeling like there was not going to be a person for me anymore. And because if, and one day I'll tell the story, maybe you come back and we'll, you, we'll do the reverse, right? But just briefly, when I went to college, I came to college with my boyfriend and I knew that that was my husband because my parents met in college and they got married. I was like, well, bet I'm three steps ahead, right? <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's somebody from home, you know, all the things, this is perfect. And we broke up freshman year and it was done. And then after that, it was kind of chasing that thing, right? And I just knew that I still was gonna have that life. And by the time I left college, well, before I left college, I met um, my friend, who's now my husband today. And then we were just friends and we literally built our friendship. And I remember God just like trying to work on me during that time. And I just eventually started praying for patience. I said, okay, God, just give me the patience. I know, I know it's supposed to happen. I don't know when, but give me the patience. And I joke with people all the time. I pray for patience and he sent me my husband because he has it takes forever to do everything. <laughs> so, I was like, you really get what you asked for. But my point in saying that is, he sent me a man who would connect me to more beautiful people. He and I collectively have beautiful people in our lives. And um, I could not imagine if I had to do it with someone else because the disconnect would be almost stifling to try to make this this life that we live 
with someone else. So yeah. I'm eternally grateful when, you know, I meet people like you that he was connected to and I understand the relationships and I understand why I'm able to connect with those individuals. Because it doesn't happen for everybody. Let's be real now. You know, there's some people that I met and I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah. Um, however, it was something about you that God knew I needed. And I, I promise you, it was the humility and that, that, that obedience. Because for you to be in the spaces and places and around some of the people that you've been in, you know, people say, little old me, <laughs> what, why, how do I play a role in this? And I, and I get it now. God, it wasn't about you being in those places and me trying to understand how you could uh, help me be something because um, that's not what it was about. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to be very clear that it wasn't about you helping me be something as much as you helped me understand what I was trying to be. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Does that it. make sense? Like, oh yeah, and I'm just, I, I am grateful, one, for you and Jerry's relationship, and I'm grateful that he trusted me to be a part of it. Um, cause oh, we, I didn't quit him. What? <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm good at stealing friends. Yeah, I'm good at stealing your friends. Just know that. Um, Jerry, who? No, I am too. I am. <laughs> but no, I, I'm really, I'm grateful for you. And I know that it is definitely um, a spiritual connection. It's not by mistake. God is placing both of us in, in certain places and spaces and allowing us to have conversations so that we can do his, do his work. Yes, his will, his will. Um, you know, um, the story is still being written, and I want you to know as much as you pour into your kids, your husband, the students, your friends, me, um, it's coming back to you a million bow. I promise you. And I know you're not doing it with expectation of what I can get out of it, but I know you have gifts that are flourishing and blossoming, even if we can't see the petals yet. Like if, even if you can't see it, other yeah. people can see it. You yeah. know, we're yeah. our hardest critics. It's happening for you the way that you have made it happen for me yeah. and so many others. And and just, you know, like I opened up myself to say yes, just keep saying yes, because it's yeah. gonna come, it's gonna come. Yeah. That's what obedience does, like, you know, like, it takes the tug of war out of it in some way. And it doesn't mean there's not a waiting and a yearning and, and, and times of not understanding. Uh, but like you said, it's, it, there's, there's, a, there's a peace that comes with it because you know you're in the covering. So, girl, I'm so excited for your future. Uh, I, I do want to come back on. You know they call me back. Me that. <laughs> I, 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 I want to interview you on your podcast. Okay. <laughs> You will be back. We will be back. And this thing is going to grow to things that I, I don't even know. But to you, I just, I feel it. You know what I mean? And um, I just love your humility. I love your, your authentic self. I love the fact that you keep it authentic. And I don't know much about signs. People ask me all the time, what's your sign? I'm like, Capricorn. All I know is, is you're strong, you're a leader, and you're stubborn. And I was like... <laughs> That's probably right. <laughs> and I was like, 
I accept you know, that. Yanis is a Capricorn, my business partner. So, you know, ah, we're, we both yeah. have, we, we, we are all those things, you know, both, but in different ways at different times and the ebbs and flows just work. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can say that most people that ask me that they say, "Okay, we, we get along well." <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay, all right." Yeah. But um, well, Tacoa, I just want to thank you again. This has been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to have you back, and you can ask me more questions next time. We'll do this in reverse. I would love that. It will be a name, maybe. Uh, well, you know, guys, time is not ours. We're going to keep, we're going to focus on doing the work. Right. We're going to build these content. amazing stories in the can. I can't wait to hear the stories. If you made time to tell somebody's story and to ask them questions, I want to know who they are. So <laughs> I I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much once again for being here. And I'm grateful for you as always. And I can't wait for you to hear the final product of this podcast and the rest of the content. Lucky number four. Lucky number four. That's my my number right now. That's my number. So thank thank you again for being an extraordinary person with an extraordinary story. I love you and I'm grateful for you. Same, same. Thank you. Love you.